Josh Haston here, Israel Uncensored, on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. It is Monday, May 29th, 2023, the 9th of Sivan 5783. Hope you are well. Hope you are safe in your part of the world. Hope you have a meaningful Memorial Day for those who are commemorating in the United States here on this Monday. I am here in Jerusalem, the eternal capital of the state of Israel and the Jewish people just outside the walls of the old city here in Jerusalem. Let's get right to the news here this week. IDF is very busy thwarting terror attacks throughout Judea and Samaria. According to Israel National News, IDF forces were deployed to the PA-controlled town of Jenin early this morning as part of a counter-terror operation following a spate of attacks in around in and around Samaria on Sunday. Arab rioters clashed with the security personnel during the operation. The PA's Wafa media outlet reported that eight people were wounded by gunfire during the clashes. Several suspects arrested. The raid comes after three separate terror attacks on Sunday, and the first attack terrorists fired shots at the town of Mevodotan in northern Samaria, hitting a vehicle parked at the entrance to the town. Later on, terrorists from Janine opened fire at the town of Gan Nair. That's in the Gilboa region. That's outside of Judea and Samaria. One home was damaged and a bullet was found at the scene. Thank God no casualties there. So people think that there is a difference between Judea and Samaria and the Gilboa area when it comes to our enemy's desire to wipe us out are mistaken doesn't matter to them if it's Judea, Samaria, Gilboa, Tel Aviv, or whatnot. All Jews are targets and fair game in the eyes of the terrorists who view us all as illegal occupying settlers, regardless of where you live throughout the country. And on Sunday night, IDF soldiers on patrol in the Benjamin area spotted a terrorist placing an explosive device on the Alone Road. That's Route 459. Soldiers opened fire on the terrorists and called in sappers to def- defuse the bomb. Over the holiday of Shavuot, by the way, I hope you had a wonderful Chag, wonderful Shavuot for those who celebrated. Over Shavuot, an Arab terrorist, terrorist infiltrated into the community of Tenet Omarim, that's in the southern Hebron Hills, on Friday on Shavuot morning. He was armed with a knife. He managed to somehow crawl under the security gate. I saw the video. I don't know exactly how that happens, but again, a gate is a Band-Aid, just like the Iron Dome is a Band-Aid. I'm not saying gates and Iron Domes aren't 100% necessary, but those aren't the solutions. Those are protective devices, and uh, but they are not the answers. Anyway, this terrorist crawled under this gate, managed to walk into the community, until he reached the local synagogue. He was spotted by a civilian, an unarmed civilian, who ran inside, called out for anyone with a gun to come out. Another civilian, a member of the local first response counter-terrorist rapid, counter-terrorist rapid response team, known as the Kitat Kodanut, who was in the synagogue at the time, rushed out and shot and killed the terrorist before he could carry out his attack. Again, he was going to try to murder Jews with a knife, on the holiday in which we celebrate receiving the Torah. That was his goal. 
and thank God he was unsuccessful. Uh, at the same time, over the Chag of Shavuot, a nine-year-old girl in Kochav Yaakov, just, just outside of Ramallah, she was shot and hit by a bullet, whether it was a stray bullet or it was an intentional sniper attack remains to be seen. The girl was hit in the shoulder uh, and, thank God, in light condition, taken to Shari Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem. The shooting is under investigation. And again, whether this was an intentional, intentional terrorist attack or a stray bullet, whatever it is, it's just another sign of lawlessness within the Palestinian Authority. This is not the first time Israelis have been shot in towns which are near PA-controlled cities or villages. This is a problem with their society, shooting guns up in the air at weddings. You know, anytime you shoot a gun up in the air, the bullet's going to fall somewhere. And maybe that was the case here where a nine-year-old Israeli girl was shot. Children paying the price of lawlessness, anarchy, terrorism. But it's not necessarily anarchy, I should say. In some cases, yeah, but in other cases, this is just the way it is even with the Palestinian Authority there in control. This is a, you know, a problem with the leadership. And again, Israeli children paying the price because of what's going on in that society. Switching here to some positive news. This just uh, happened a few hours ago here in Israel. We've talked about the story before, the Chomesh Yeshiva and the various permits and the undoing of the of parts rather of the so-called disengagement the expulsion of jews from northern samaria if you remember in 2005 every single last jew was expelled from gushkatif gaza as well as four communities in northern samaria just several months ago the government of the state of israel approved in theory a return to Chomesh, and just last week, the IDF Central Command head said that yes, Chomesh was kosher. Jews could return to Chomesh. So early this morning, as reported by Israel National News, the Shiva and Chomesh was relocated to a permanent location on state land so that there isn't a question of whose land this is. They moved the yeshiva basically several, several hundred meters from disputed land to the school's permanent location on state land. The operation was funded by donations from across Israel and around the world. At the end of the uh, move on Monday morning, Yossi Dagan, head of the Samaria Regional Council, put up a mezuzah at the entrance to the new yeshiva study hall. He said this is a historic moment steps towards rectifying the terrible injustice of the expulsion in Samaria. By the way, Yossi Dayan himself was expelled from northern Samaria back in 2005. He said that since the expulsion, we've been working day and night to rectify the injustice, which is not only personal against the expellees, but against the entire people of Israel. So again, if you recall, four communities were in the northern area of Samaria, Ganim, Kadim, Sanur, and Chomesh. And right now, as of now, Chomesh is being, at least in, at least in terms of this structure, is being 
hopefully rebuilt, but it starts with the yeshiva, yeshiva up there in Chomesh. Again, just two months ago, the removal of the so-called disengagement law, and then on May the 20th, we talked about this last week, Yossi Fuchs, commander of IDF, the IDF Central Command, signed an order implementing the end of the ban in Chomesh. So that's great news. Very, very happy about that. Undoing the injustice. Slowly, slowly, step by step. And again, we're talking about something that happened 18 years ago. And let's see how far this goes. Let's see if Chomesh gets rebuilt in its entirety, along with the other four communities in northern Samaria. Roger Waters is in the news. You see this horrible video, Roger Waters, the anti-Israel, anti-Semite who performed in Berlin uh, just last week in a Nazi-style uniform uh, at the Mercedes-Benz Arena. The British music- musician, or as reported here by JNS, dressed up in a costume resembling that of an SS soldier and pretended to fire a rifle. He also compared the murder of Anne Frank in the Holocaust to the accidental killing in Janine last May of a of an Arab journalist. So, number one, the video is horrifying. Number two, what bothered me also is the fact that the crowd cheered after the stunt. I don't know if you saw that. I mean, there was only a few seconds after he f- stopped firing this fake gun dressed as a Nazi. Um, but this guy must be, I would say, one of the biggest anti-Semites on the planet. He doesn't seem really too stable, but no excuse. And I heard, I hope that Germany does the right thing and arrest, arrests this wacko. Last night, fast forward to last night, uh, this was another concert, this one in Frankfurt, reported by Times of Israel this morning, an Israeli or a Jew or a pro-Israel advocate, I don't know exactly who it was, a protester rushed the stage at Roger Waters' concert in Frankfurt last night, waving an Israeli flag, and he was you see them running around trying to avoid the security there. At the same time, groups of protesters in the crowd were waving Israeli flags and were chanting, Am Yisrael Chai, Am Yisrael Chai, the people of Israel live from the stands while clapping. Earlier in the day, groups of protesters demonstrated against the concert, which Frankfurt authorities had initially tried to prevent from taking place. Waters successfully challenged the move in a local court. So the court said, Roger Waters is kosher. Let's see what happens in terms of the stunt he pulled in Berlin to see if he pays any penalty for dressing up as a Nazi, which uh, I'm pretty sure is something you can't do in Germany anymore. But this guy is uh, an absolute piece of garbage, a Jew hater, an Israel hater, and one of the worst, absolutely one of the worst, using his social media and celebrity status for evil. That's who Roger Waters is. Uh, Moving on here, JNS reported several days ago that the government of Israel passed the 2023-2024 state budget this past Wednesday following a marathon Knesset session. Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu said that the judicial reform issue or the plan for judicial reform was going to be back on the agenda now that the 
state budget is passed, signifying that there is stability in the coalition. Asked by a reporter whether the government's judicial reform bills, which have been on the back burner in recent weeks, would now return to the fore following the passage of the budget, Netanyahu said, of course. However, he noted, we are trying to reach an understanding with the opposition parties, and I hope we will succeed. Referring to negotiations that have been underway for close to two months under the auspices of Israeli President Isaac Herzog. In late March, Netanyahu halted the coalition's march to reform due to ongoing nationwide protests orchestrated by opposition forces. Those protests, by the way, are still taking place. I think they're a little bit smaller than they were in the past, but this past Saturday night, more protests for people who don't understand really what this reform is all about or people who simply hate the right wing or hate Netanyahu and want him out of power, ignoring the democratically held election uh, this past November, which we had here in the state of Israel. So number one, let's see if the judicial reform plan is actually back on the agenda. Let's see if it's watered down or rather how watered, watered down it is. Or let's see perhaps if it's scrapped entirely, which I hope that's not the case. The ball is in the prime minister's court. Does he do what's right and pass this much needed judicial reform? Or does he kick the can, kick the can down the road once again? And time will tell. Another issue which uh, upsets me here is reported by Israel National News. Prime Minister Netanyahu has reportedly agreed to shelve what is known as the non-profits legislation, which aims to limit the aid foreign governments and bodies provide to the Palestinian Authority Arabs following increasing international pressure. So there was pressure on Netanyahu to shelve this legislation. And, what this, and there was pressure from the White House and from Europe and all these other places and just to explain what this bill is, the bill says that a nonprofit which receives a donation from foreign governments will not be recognized as a public institution or a nonprofit and will be re required to pay a 65% tax on every donation. In addition, its donors will not be able to receive a tax credit for their donation. So you have these foreign governments who are using these uh, NGOs here in Israel, really against the state of Israel. They are against Israel's interests. They are funding projects illegally within the Palestinian Authority. Again, this, these are foreign governments, okay, and different entities disguised. But really, these are foreign governments who are supporting local NGOs here. And by the way, some of these NGOs are actually not even based here or they're international NGOs. And the point is to bolster the PA and uh, uh, say or claim that this is for humanitarian reasons again and uh, this is money going towards illegal activity I'm thinking about especially places like Area C where there's a lot of illegal Arab building going up and fun this is being funded by the European Union so this back down by Prime Minister Netanyahu is bad with these foreign governments supporting, donating to anti-Israel NGOs and getting away with it. And of course, the Americans, the Europeans want to let them keep getting away with it. The EU, as I said before, funds illegal housing and other projects in Area C under Israel's control in Judea and Samaria with the goal of taking over those areas. And Israel apparently will continue to let this happen because of the Biden 
administration blackmail. Suggesting this bill, suggesting as this bill does, that a tax should be paid by those who fund these projects is the least Israel can do. Israel should be stopping this illegal behavior disguised as so-called human rights work. But here, we won't even tax them at this point. It's been shelved for these phony humanitarian causes, so this is weakness. And as we know here in the Middle East, weakness doesn't work. The more you show weakness, the more your, your enemies step on you. I don't know of any other country who would let a foreign entity, certainly not a foreign government, fund, illegally fund projects which themselves are illegal, but apparently we're shelving this bill for now. Uh, we don't want to upset the Americans or the Europeans or whomever. But that is, in fact, the case. As I am looking at my cell phone right now, this reported by the Jewish press, Israeli jets struck targets in Damascus just before midnight last night, according to Syrian state-run media. At around 11.45, Israeli, they call us, of course, the Israeli enemy, carried out an aerial act of aggression with missiles from the direction of the occupied Syrian Golan. This is how they report it, of course. The strikes caused damage but no injuries, citing a Syrian military source. The airstrikes were the first in Syria attributed to Israel since the targeting of the May 2nd uh, Aleppo International Airport strike. Uh, Israel not taking credit or responsibility from what I see here. Uh, IDF, the IDF rarely comments on these specific operations, but it has conducted, according to these reports, hundreds of sorties over the past decade with a view to prevent Iran and its, and its proxies from establishing a permanent military footprint in Syria. So that's all I know right now about this reported attack. Don't know exactly what the target was or how much damage was done, if perhaps we were targeting some sort of military uh, installation or weapons which were to be turned over to groups like Hezbollah to target Israel. Uh, remains unclear at this point, but this just came through uh, from the Times of, uh, rather, from the Jewish press via uh, JNS. Um, finishing off with some very positive news. Times of Israel reports in one of the biggest achievements ever for Israeli soccer, the national team, this is again the under 20 national team, scored a major comeback in stoppage time. They were down a player. They only had 10 guys on the field beating Japan 2-1. to one. This is the under 20 World Cup snatching a ticket to the tournament's Last 16, where they will face off against Uzbekistan. But this is a huge win for Israeli soccer. Under 20, going to the Sweet 16 in the World Cup. Coach Ophir Chaim, who was in tears. I actually heard this interview on the radio uh, yesterday. He was in tears. He said this was a heroic win, the greatest match in the history of Israeli soccer. This is for all of Israel. I dedicate this to you. I have no words. The players have a big heart and soul. So congratulations to the Israeli under-20 national soccer team for a big victory, moving on, advancing to the next stage of the World Cup. Who knows? Maybe they'll win the whole thing. 
We'll see what happens. But only 16 teams left. And that's going to do it for today. My name is Josh Haston. This has been another edition of Israel Uncensored on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. The 29th of May, 2023. It is the 9th of Sivan, 5783, coming to you from Jerusalem. Shout out to Benjamin Breski, engineer extraordinaire, Tabitha Epstein for everything she does behind the scenes. Get in touch with me during the week. Josh at thelandofisrael.com on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, LinkedIn. Send me an email, folks. We'd love to hear from you. Um, And that's going to do it on a beautiful day here in Jerusalem, just outside the walls of the old city. Everyone out there, everyone out there in the wonderful world of ours, be safe, be safe. Shalom, shalom from Jerusalem, the eternal capital of the state of Israel and the Jewish people. Have a great week, everyone. The Land of Israel Fellowship is going strong. Learn about the secrets of the Day of Atonement. To join the Land of Israel Fellowship, our special premium learning experience with Jeremy Gimpel and Arya Bromwitz, go to thelandofisrael.com slash fellowship.